All right, everyone. This is episode 35. We have an awesome episode for you guys. We have another interview coming your way. This time we have Travis Warren, a big mainland guy with Warren Reptiles, and we are going to be kicking off our very first uh, more spotlight. Um, what should we even call this segment? I don't even think we've come up with a name, Nathan. Uh, putting me on the spot, Lucas. Yeah, uh, mu- mu- mutation time. I don't know. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, by the time this episode's released, we'll have a, 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 a something that we're going to call it. But I don't think that there's arguably a better more for us to start off with. But if you guys know Travis, he's all about ghosts. Um, so we are going to be talking about ghosts today, and we're super excited for that. Um, as always, for those of you watching, thanks so much for supporting us. Like, subscribe, and drop your comments down below if you have comments for Travis. Um, typically, anybody who comes on as a guest will have access to come on on our uh, Zoom meetings that are live with our Discord. So some point, we'll have Travis on to answer questions. So if you guys aren't a member, go ahead and go to that link below, patreon.com. The Retic Lounge. Join our Patreon today. Uh, Nathan, anything else before we cut into our sponsorships? Just make sure that you're a member of US Arc. If you're a reptile keeper, if you're a retic keeper especially, just make sure that you're supporting US Arc and make sure that you're up to date on all of the newsletters they're sending out and if there's action needed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go ahead and turn it over to our sponsors. And when we are done with that, we're going to be getting Travis live with us to talk about ghost reticulated pythons. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows, on Morph Market, and all over socials. Sometimes it may feel impossible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Design helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brand for US Arcs, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. So, wondering if Stewart Design is right for you? Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. Maybe you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. And maybe you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. You want to make your own way doing what you love. You might just have a big idea and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake. Have a conversation with him. To learn more or get started, visit sdidentity.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brand, own markets, steward design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house 
are animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animal's comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Travis, thanks for coming on tonight. You're, you're welcome. No problem. We've been trying to get this done for a while now, but you got busy. You had a birthday. You had work that was going on. I think you had mm-hmm. a birthday, right? My son did. But oh, your son did. Okay. The main thing is I lost my voice for like on and off for three or four months. Just so, sick, sir. Do what? Just being sick or? Allergy? Yeah, I got sick, lost it. Then it took a while to come back and it was like, yeah. 70 percent then i got sick again and it went out again so it's just been on and off like it's, it's been a pain but i'm pretty good now i can talk pretty well so i feel that <laughs> last episode we did a recording my voice wasn't there tonight i have allergies like crazy so it's not fun when you're not there but again thanks for coming on um mm-hmm. we're excited for this um me and you have talked quite a bit um about your your ghost and um even off-related, some of your anthrax stuff, that's amazing. But uh, for the sake of today's episode, we definitely want to highlight ghosts and stuff. But before we even get into the good stuff, um, go ahead and introduce yourself, your 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 business, how long you've been doing this, how long you've been keeping reptiles, that good old spiel that people love to give. Okay. Um, I'm Travis from Warren Reptiles. Uh, I've been keeping reptiles, snakes, I started with snakes since I was five. Um, my sister, my older sister had lizards and different things like that. And that got me interested in reptiles, uh, way back when it was just fish tanks and nobody knew anything about anything. There was no morphs or mutations on like really any species besides maybe there was maybe albino berms, maybe, but, uh, Begged my mom for like a year, and I finally got a, she let me get a snake. Um, so I never bred a snake till probably 2006, five, something like that. I bred uh, some ball pythons just to see if I could. Uh, was that your first snake too that you ever got? Was a ball python or what was the first snake? No, you the first snake I got was like just a regular green snake. Oh, wow. Okay. So the, then I caught snakes growing up, king snakes, uh, ev- like anything I could find. Just kept them and I let them go. I, had, I caught several garter snakes that were gravid that had babies. So that was cool. I, I didn't know they were pregnant. Uh, so that was interesting. That was back when nobody knew anything. Uh, <laughs> I killed some of them because I put them on cedar. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I, those just, honest mistakes that happen. Yeah, just like I've <laughs> I've screwed up and done it all since the beginning. And ball pythons, like I've seen every ball python mutation since they began. So there's a lot of people that are like, how do you know XYZ about all these morphs of just different species? Because it, it'd be hard to go, like if you started now to learn everything. But to me, it wasn't because it all happened as I grew up. So I saw each thing and each combo and it, it wasn't difficult to me just being in the right place at the right time, I guess. And you're pretty well established in <clears throat> all pythons too, correct? Yeah, I, I have, I've kept like everything besides venomous, um, which I thought about some venomous. I like the bitis, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Those are awesome. Man. But when I had a kid, I decided that wasn't worth it. Yep. Not because I'm worried about me, but you know, when he's six, seven, eight, nine, wants to show his friends and just wants to be a little shit. And yeah, they, his... they don't know that like you're gonna die. <laughs> I just don't want to go that way at all. But right. Well, even the best keepers get complacent. I saw mm -hmm. one of my favorite venomous keepers got bit this just past week. Yeah, yeah, it happens. I mean, when I had so like I was trying to. I mean. It was already one thing for you know my my wife to let me even have as many retakes as I do and breed, but um, even just like throwing out the idea like as a joke, um, she looked at me and she's like, "Do you 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 want me to leave? Do you right?" She's like, <laughs> "She's like you." you. So, um, but even now with the daughter, it's probably good that I don't do that. I don't have any mm -hmm. experience. Um, I have probably only one person here in San Antonio that can like mentor me. Um, I plan to go over soon, but he's got a bunch of different cobras, um, gaboons, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I like I like the hot stuff, but probably just never keep it myself either. Mm -hmm. So I currently breed and have uh, obviously retics, ball pythons, jungle carpets, uh, Brazilian rainbow boas, and then my wife breeds a ass load of crested geckos. <laughs> so this is like a spare bedroom that our computer's in that she's switching stuff around to do all bioactive nice she's all into her plants and all that now so you know whatever i, I, feel, I feel like that's a big thing for gecko keeper mm -hmm. you know they, that obsession with geckos is now turning into an obsession with plants and when you combine the two <laughs> and she's got all these different bugs that like they're nothing to me, but they're apparently they're cool. And people breed bugs now and like mutations and <laughs> bugs. And you can get like these hundred dollar roly polies and crap. I don't get it. But anyway, <laughs> it the setup once it's all done is, is really cool. And it's a big improvement from how she was keeping them. But like there's baby gecko. There, there's a whole other room full of them, but they're pretty cool. They're, they're cute, I guess. Uh. <laughs> I kept I kept a couple as pets um, mm -hmm. growing up, and uh, I think that's like the first thing I want to get my daughter into with her breeding experience. Like I'd like to when she gets like around six, seven, get a couple, let her take care of them and facilitate that process and see if she gets into them. They're, I mean, crested geckos are. I mean, you literally keep them in room temp and right. You it's like you the mix, easiest. Like yeah. I always said, snakes the easiest pet, but nah. lizards. <laughs> A lot of lizards to me are high maintenance, but geckos are not. They are, like you said, room temperature. They eat paste. 
Right. <laughs> you can, I mean, she feeds them bugs as like treats or to get them to grow quicker. But uh, you don't have to do any of that. They're just. Right. Her first one she actually killed because it got too hot. So that we, you know, you just want them like 70 to 80 degrees. Yep. So most people's house. I think you can go down to like 65, honestly. But when, uh, when did you get your first retake? So I liked retakes forever. And my parents had a rule of nothing over, I think it was 10 feet. So that was never going to be an option for me, like in high school and stuff. So eventually, when I got to the eight, like there was no dwarfs back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the 90s and 2000s, which I mean, there was, but not that we had in captivity. So that was not even a thing. Uh, my fascination with them was always the like legends and like man eaters. And the, the giant ones that you can't find anywhere, apparently. But yeah. <laughs> I, I still think they could get 25 feet under the right circumstances. And oh, yeah. there might be one out there still. But uh, that was always what fascinated me and just the legends and stories and stuff. But So when the first tiger was made, I was really into that snake. <clears throat> so... I think I was in college, yeah, and I was like, well, I can get one of these and not feed it real heavy, and then by the time I move out, it won't be 10 feet, you know? So I I was given the okay. It was like 2009, I believe, when I got my first, it was a tiger. Uh, I still have that snake, and I've never bred it or anything. It's just original, like, Baldogo line. Nice. Like the classic Classic tiger that you want. Yeah. And I and I'm real picky, and I looked for one for probably six months till I found the right one. But he's real if, cool. He's chill. If you have a picture of that animal, send it over our way after this, so that way we could just okay. because I I think a lot of people like we look at tigers now, and they look most of them, and a lot of them look a lot different than they did back when they were, you know, before they were heavily started being bred to a bunch mm-hmm. of different stuff. Because a good classic tiger man, there's not a lot that beats it. They're great. That was yeah. one of the first morphs I had to have in my collection. Yep. I if just, I only could have like let's say four or five. That that would be one. Right. Is I, the original tiger. Which they weren't I don't think the original tiger was that big, honestly. Everybody thinks it's like gigantic genetics, but Bob and all them had twenty foot Sumatrans and stuff that they bred the tiger to and the the barkers I think they made the second clutch of them maybe they're the second to make super tigers honestly i think anyway all that stuff was giant back then because of the imports they bred that male too and the original tigers would get 19 to 21 feet was like normal yeah. for like the first several generations of those but so and they they had like a big knotty like bulldog head and they were they were beefy snakes, but it, it really wasn't because of the import male. Yeah, some <clears throat> of the biggest pictures of tigers, or some of the the pictures of tigers that I've seen, they have some of the biggest head. You see, like a whole head covering up a hand of mm-hmm. of tigers often. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, mine's it's it's not real long. It's kind of square, but he's got like big like knotty 
head muscles on oh, the yeah. back. Yeah, those jaw yeah. Mm-hmm. muscles. That, that's awesome. Um, so, so you got you got your first one in college, um, and um, you know when I mean, was it everything that it lived up to? Yeah, they're great. They're they're probably my favorite snake. Uh, they just get too big for most people. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, the future has always been breeding whatever look you want and to try to get it bred down mm-hmm. into the super dwarf stuff, which I'm on the pr- process of doing that, and I've been trying, but I, I want to get... Everything I breed is recessive, pretty much, even in ball pythons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll mix codoms in, but it takes a long time. Absolutely. Like, double, triple recessive stuff. So I, my thing is I want to get to those in-goal animals and then breed them into pure super right. dwarfs. But I also like giants. So I, I like both ends of the spectrum, honestly. But okay. The best size for me is probably like the most fun is like thirteen foot. Okay, yeah, I got a I got a Solaire that's over fourteen feet, and she's a she's a handful to work with by herself. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably say my sweet spot is like as far as like having fun and like feeling like you're holding that big retic and big animal is probably like ten eleven feet. Um, but yeah, I haven't been keeping them as long as I. I only have one adult mainland in my collection, so I don't have experience with you know monster retakes. But um, I, I was actually going to ask you. I'm glad that you mentioned the Superdorf stuff. I kind of wanted to get your opinion on what's your opinion and thoughts on this the Superdorf craze, the dwarf craze, all that that's going on. So originally, I didn't believe it, and I even had Superdorfs before they were cool when they were just looked like shit. But they're supposed to, like, this thing looks brown and dull, and it's like, it's supposed to stay small. Okay. So I got one, and the thing didn't stay small. And, and that's why I was just like, I don't, I don't believe it. People are just starving these things or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I got rid of it. I don't, it was a Kalatoa, but I don't know anything about the thing other than it grew. <laughs> so... I was just like, this is bullcrap. It's just another locality that looks like they, like the original genetic stripe stuff was smaller, but it wasn't like super dwarf small. Yeah. So I thought it was just some mid-sized snake. You know, like a lot of jamps, the original jamp stuff, they varied a lot. Yeah. And they, they weren't tiny, but they weren't 20 feet. No. So I thought it was just eh, something like that. But then in recent years, I've got more stuff stuff that i know the lineage of and it doesn't grow yeah and i mean and that's why generally speaking i've never liked those labels super dwarf dwarf you know because we talk about dwarf right and we're talking about Solaire and jampeas and they can still get 14 15 feet right that's why i've always liked this idea of there was an 18 or 19 foot champ oh yeah i know uh i've seen pictures of it next to Mm -hmm. a gallon jug um (laughs) and it made that gallon jug look like how a super dwarf makes a a, a, a you know a sharpie pen look <laughs> right um one of those Burt's bees pictures <laughs> right um and so, i have i have some jamp cross animals that they don't have like hardly any jamp in them and they don't grow yeah i don't get i don't get it they're like 
they're like 12 and a half percent jam and they don't grow yeah i don't I've, know it doesn't make any sense but i've always liked just labeling islands and localities based off of just small medium large um that way people get an idea of what we're talking about um because you know that word superdorf can be misleading even with a snake that gets nine feet nine feet for some people is still giant um but you know maybe, versus... now, maybe nowadays back when i was first getting into the stuff every retic got 17 feet yeah that's true so yeah. when you'd say super dwarf or dwarf like even a 12 foot snake is a dwarf to me because yeah. i mean most people nowadays don't even know what a big retic is like, yeah, you, you see mainland you, you see mainland males staying in between nine, eleven feet quite frequently. Yeah, but like most people have never had a retic probably over seventeen feet nowadays. Most of them don't get big like back in the day when they'd bring them in and they're they were just asshole snakes that they wanted you to die. Uh, <laughs> so. But I've had several 19-footers, and that's a big-ass snake. Yeah, yeah they per- definitely seem few and far between. I've met a couple people here in Utah that have them, but, you know, even in their collections, it's one or two animals. But everybody tries to say they have an 18- or 20-foot retic, and then you see it, and it's 15 feet. But that happens in the Superdorf community, too. Like, a lot of people see these big animals, and they over overestimate because in the person's mind, they want big, right? So same thing happens. I, I don't know. I'm going to try to name this phenomena. I'm going to make up like a stupid name for it. But I'm one of the only this, ones that like, Well, yeah, there's like this bias. Um, you know, there's there's this uh, bias that like, okay, I bought a Superdorf, so I want my Superdorf to be small. And therefore, you know, I'm going to say that this animal is six feet. But when you look at it, it's actually eight feet. And then it's the opposite for the mainlands. They're like, oh, this snake is 18 feet. But in reality, it's like 14 or 15 I think maybe some of that's due to the thickness of the snake. Like right. super dwarfs, they don't get thick. I mean, they can be like fat because they just don't get long. But like a skinny super dwarf can curl up real tiny, but it's it's longer than you think when you stretch it out. Right. Um. Okay. So I'm gonna be the guy. I want to jump into ghost. Okay. Um, Nathan, open us up with um, that opening question we have for him in regards to ghosts. Um, Travis, what? Give me a second. We had a list of questions that I'm pulling oh. up for you. Why is ghost your first more spotlight thing? Just because you like it, or? Well, I well, mean... I mean, for me, I mean. What what got you into Ghost? Was it influenced at all by the work that uh, Ben Rennick was doing with Ghost back in the day? Like, Yeah. Um, we were close friends. We lived about 45 minutes apart. So I would go yeah. down there quite, I wouldn't say all the time, but on a regular basis. And uh, so I got to see the original mail a bunch of times. And my original focus was genetic stripe which a lot of people know me for that mm-hmm. and when he made when ben made the first ghost genetic stripe i just 
that was a I game fell over. In love with, yeah, <laughs> I fell in love with that that animal, and I was just blown away. And every time I'd see it, I just drool over it. But I couldn't afford it, <clears throat> so a couple years he he kept it. And when it was maybe three years old or something, I gathered up enough money to buy it. So that was, I believe, the only one he ever made. Uh, the female. Man. It was the second one made. Sal made the first one, I think, like three or four four months before Ben. But yeah, I got that animal, and that that is what got me into Ghost. And I mean, seeing the original, he was he was really nice, not tempered, but looking. <laughs> he want, he wanted you dead. That snake was mean. I I've heard that a lot about Ghost. Is that typical? What, their attitude? Yeah. No. like Okay. All, it was just that original male was bad. Okay. Like, I believe after Ben passed away, Gavin got the snake for a while until it went to the person it ultimately went to. Uh, but I, I've heard stories like he would wear, like, coveralls <laughs> to get the snake out and just let it bite him. <laughs> And then move it, but like you had to tail it like a venomous snake, mm -hmm. and point it away from you like a gun. Like it would let you kind of touch its tail, but <laughs> it it wanted you dead. It, it wasn't just mad. Yeah, I, I, I've seen a snake in a collection like that. It's weird. Yeah, most people don't know what wild caught retics are like. I had a male Kalatoa that was not fun with, and during breeding season, he was like that. It was hook out by his mid body, me holding his tail, and just doing doing this one. <laughs> well, he was like that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, thank you. Um, especially he you had know, a big with... he had a big long head for his size. Like he was old. I I mean he he died, but he was probably twenty years old when he died. He was imported as an adult. Do you know where Ghost was imported? I think I have a list that I can look, but do you know where Ghost, what Island Ghost came off of? Because you mentioned that long head, right? And and mm -hmm. as I'm looking through the pictures that you've sent uh, to us that I'm going to be showing them as we talk about them, um, they typically do have that long snout. Mm -hmm. You know, it starts with the wide base, but it gets very narrow, and they have a longer head. I mean, especially if you compare it to like a Suputria, like Soleil or something. Right. So... I believe Stan Shearis imported that male, and I think he got the purple pink. I don't know if anybody knows what that is anymore. Uh, he and I think he got the alb albino anaconda. He got a lot of stuff back then, but uh, Ben got that project from Stan, and I believe it was just late, like just it is from Indo. You know, there was no locality mm -hmm. like attached to it, like most stuff back then. But uh. <clears throat> since then like i have several friends in indonesia that just send me pictures of stuff they find so since then there was four or five males ghosts all found in north sumatra like really high north um i think it's Med medan or Med it's like median i think it's medan city or something north sumatra those were all found around that spot. Uh, since then, there's been one other ghost-looking animal that was found in Malaysia. Oh, okay. So, Medan City. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking. So uh, a buddy of mine did a lot of research and talked to people all over the world to get a bunch of different, uh, uh, to get a bunch of different uh, morphs and mm-hmm. trace back to import in which locality. And um, I'll name off these that I have so far: Anthrax, Hypomelanistic, Sunfire, Platinum, Tiger, Jigsaw, Clown, uh, Pied, Rennet Ghost have all been found on Sumatra. Ghost was found in northern Sumatra, Medan City, whereas the other mutations were found from mid to south Sumatra. Mm-hmm. That so, sounds right to me. Anthrax has been found forever, I believe, all over Sumatra. Yeah. But, <clears throat> yeah, the ghost stuff was really north, whereas a lot of the other mutations are always middle or south, and then they go into Java and other stuff for most of the mutations we have. But, yeah, I found it interesting that all were found. There were always males, which was interesting, too. But they were all found north, Sumatra, Medan City, four of them in that area, and then one in Malaysia, and they that's kind of where they cross over anyway. Yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. are those just the three that you focus on, genetic stripe, ghost, and anthrax? No, I got it like everything. <laughs> okay. Oh, you got to see. So what, what was that crazy? Uh, you have some insane... Um, no, it's you have some pretty insane anthrax combos um, yeah. that you did that are for sale. Yeah, I was looking at some of those. Yeah, I've I made a Sunfire Mochino anthrax genetic stripe. That was a long time in the making. Uh, het purple too. I try to make everything het purple now, so even your if, if you want to call it byproduct is good because everything I started with was pet white it's just a long wrong process to get away from that which i still have some stuff like that but yeah i've made it lav anthrax mochino anthrax ghost anthrax that died it was all kinked up and messed up uh man that was off the original double hats from ben some of those i would i would love to see pictures of that if you do have any Ghost Anthrax are out there. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if it's Aaron Lee or I don't know who else is working with it that took over that project. Yeah, Aaron got a pair of double heads from me and made one, and it's doing great. Yeah. And then I sold another pair. One of them was a 19-foot female. Oof. Uh, double and she she was if all of them all of them heads are mean, except one of the males. One of the males was like like a wild caught bad. And the other male was totally puppy dog. So I kept the nicer ones for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, the 19-foot one just lays 68 eggs for a guy. Wow. Uh, so he'll he'll be hitting some ghost anthrax, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you have to at that point. If you, if you don't and they end up going down the shitter again or they don't do well out of the egg, you almost got to start wondering, right, after three clutches if, yeah, you know. Yeah, so ghost is i would say a little bit of a tougher gene everything i picks like that i don't know why but genetic stripes are pain in the ass too especially the original ones they like you cannot get one of them things to eat the babies hmm. once you get them to eat they're fine and they do great and everything and like but like a lot of the original genetic stripes would get egg bound and die the babies wouldn't eat they're just gorgeous animals, though. But over time, I've worked with them to get them better. 
like the only way you could get original genetic striped blood snakes to eat was put them all in like one tub and just throw hopper mice in there and they like they'd all like spur each other on a feeding frenzy just start, <laughs> start biting stuff and as you see a couple of them get it you'd like pull them out and let them eat and but yeah you have to force feed them and it was just pain in the ass can you the Nathan, I feel like that's so right like Nathan I feel like for us that are newer like that's such an abstract idea that no one would ever fucking think to think about yeah um, keep them but, all together right but you yeah, I mean, I keep all my babies together, like, for a while until they have that first shed. But just imagine just like, well, shit, these things won't eat. Let me put them all together and just toss in a freaking hopper. Mm-hmm. Um, that's crazy. That's awesome. I, I really love or, listening or to some of those. And, chicks and quail right. helped. But some of the ghosts, old school stories ghosts, are my favorite. Uh, yeah, ghosts are okay. They they eat fine and all that. It's just they like don't cut the clutch. That, that's all I'll say. They they want to run out of the egg and die. Really? Yeah. The the hats won't do it, and all the visuals will. Man, I don't know why it's annoying, huh. but you kind of want to let them hatch on their own. Don't cut them early because it's like I don't know why, but it's like they see sunlight and just want to come out. They melt. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you so say you have like ten of them, but like back when you get like some hats and breed them. You get like eight or ten ghosts, like seven of them would die. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Like they'd all just come out the next morning and they're all dead out of the egg. Damn. Mm-hmm. And that's heartbreaking, especially when you see visuals just looking, mm-hmm. you know, nice like that. And they're just, you know, that, 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 I, I, I picture that sign. I've seen it with a couple of my animals where you see them out of the egg and you go to open the tub and you can just see them all crunched up and over flopped sideways and shit. It's, it's a tough feeling. To, mm-hmm. to look at um let me ask you this with ghost um like you you work a lot with ghost now and i kind of mm-hmm. want to hear how you um got some of those animals from ben and and kind of what that history is like with um where you started getting some more of those animals and really decided i was you know that you were going to start pushing ghosts and working with it pretty pretty well well i mean i fell in love with that ghost gs so i got that snake uh, I bred that several times making hets of different types. And then I got several a, a few, several pairs of the double het ghost anthrax when he made those. So those were all off the original male. And I had another F1 het that was from, believe it or not, it was from his big, he had a like 20, 21 foot tiger that he bred the original male to. So I had a normal from that. <clears throat> but I found breeding ghost into tiger makes them yellow. Okay. So I wanted to keep them white because that's everybody wants them white, like they, the bone white look like the original male. Which, I mean, when he, he made some yellow ones out of the ghost GS double heads, and then he'd make white ones, and it he kind of figured out that like one female made white ones, and one female of his made yellow ones. And it's I don't know if it got in there from the GS locality stuff, because a lot of the original yeah. GS had a yellow head. Yeah, super yellow heads. Which like it was, you know. I... Go ahead. 
I was gonna say like a, like in today's day and age, like a poor man's yellowhead Bali is get a GS. <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, I love the yellowhead and 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 the GS stuff and pretty much in everything. But that's what you don't want in a ghost. Right. So, I found I I met I bred a Sun Tiger doublehead albino GS to the ghost GS, and I went. I went backwards from that. I've I've done like, I've made several hats and then remade them, cause I don't want tiger in them. Cause the yeah. tiger they hat. I mean when when they were first made, I think Sal made the first ones. They were awesome looking, and then when they got like six months a year old, like they they gain yellow as they mm-hmm. shed and age. Yeah. Which if you look at a tiger, it makes sense now that you see it that they're yellow, back and. The snake is has yellow in it. Yeah. So I don't mind adding yellow to the sides, mm-hmm. like in Sunfire or Platinum or whatever, if it keeps the dorsal, like the spine, the dorsal, and the head white. That's my goal is to keep the top white and change, like, the side colors and pattern and stuff. So I've gone back and bred into original stock multiple times, I think three times, to try to keep it white. And... I found that even so in a in a tiger breeding to normal, let's say you get half tigers, then you have tiger siblings, let's say. When you're doing that in ghost, even the tiger siblings get tainted from yeah. the tiger. And it I I think of it like paint. If you have a white bucket of paint, you put anything in it that is wrong, <laughs> it taints it forever. Right. You can't make it pure white again, no matter mm-hmm. how much, you, like you can, I guess, over many generations, but you got to go back now, and now start from Now you're just working too hard, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's easier to just go back to the original. And, um, you know, I almost wonder how that's going to be impacted with taking it into Kalatoa because an observation that I've made over time, so for example, Amels, right? Amels are known as they age to get really white heads to be really white animals. But if you look historically at the Amel Superdorf stuff, the stuff that was taken to the Baldogo line stuff, um, generally speaking, those Amels, the the fifty percent Kalatoa Amels, um, you know, there might be one or two people specifically trying to remove that yellow pigmentation, but they they keep a yellow head for a good amount of time. Actually, my my. I have a 25% Madu, 25% Kalatoa, so 50% Superdorf, Amel male. Um, and he is four years old. Um, at the time where you should start to see some of that yellow head fade away for the Amel stuff, and his head is just like, boom, yellow as hell. Um, and so I'm almost wondering how that's going to end up faring with the orange, uh, or not orange, with the ghost stuff. Um, I, I'm wondering if, you know, there's going to need to be a lot of concentrated selective breeding to remove yellow from Kalatoa? Um, so the original, if you want to talk about emails, they were white too. And I think, I mean, they were originally bred into tiger stuff. So I could, I think that may be the same case. I don't know that it's, it's it, per se Kalatoa doing it. It's just so, they, they've been tainted so far back up the up the line mm-hmm. that you're gonna have to get it out so i know with my individual that i have from the madu side it's only 
two generations out from the original, uh, an original Baldogo um, to an imported Madu. And then, so that was a 50% and those were Hets. They took those together. And then on that third generation is where that half came from. Now the Kalatoa side, definitely, that could have been something that might have been taken in. I don't. So they don't. They don't all originate from Stephanie's breeding. Yeah, yeah. So oh, Ste- they do? so so okay. So the Stephanie's breeding from the Kalatoa, but there's a separate line that was the Madu stuff that uh, Jaggy. So I was gonna say I don't think Stephanie's was Madu. No, no. Stephanie's was the Kalatoa <clears throat> half of my my animal that I have, but there's a second half. Uh, so somebody else made heads. Okay. Yeah. So well, someone else also made visual Madus, fifty percent Madu, uh, Amels. But they made heads first. Well, like yeah, two people made heads, and they've yeah. they've come together again. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That actually, I know that my pairing came from a visual Amel to the visual Kalatoa. I mean, a visual Madu, visual Kalatoa. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that's one of those situations where the Kalatoa could definitely be tainted, but I know that the Amel stock has a yellow head as well. I mean, not the Amel, damn it, the Madu. I keep saying Amel and Madu like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah but... I've had, I had a Madu. I guess it did have yellow in it. And that's the thing is if you look yeah. at them, if you look at them, you know, you would see pheno- phenotypically speaking, you wouldn't think that it would draw a lot of yellow up. But at least anything that's brown, yeah, ends up being yellow. You want silver. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I love those Barry Leonard line Kalatoas so much. Oh yeah, like super silver. Um, I've tried several. <laughs> I tried twice to breed a Annery to my Ghost GS. That's what you got to do. I failed both times. Because <laughs> I I could have done it a long time ago. Put an Annery in it. But I wanted to do it with a pure annery, pure super dwarf annery, which there mm. was none. Right. So I borrowed Garrett's and tried, and it didn't work. He he has an annery that's a 75% Madu, 25% Kalatoa. Yeah. I tried with that animal. But since since then, I got from Daniel Solis uh, a annery male that's... Carapa Kalatoa cross? Yeah. I have an annery female over here that's related to Renick stock. Uh, yeah, I've been at Super Dwarf stuff. Yeah, the 75% Kalatoa, 12.5 Jampea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he had Super Dwarf snow things. Yeah, yeah. Man, I, I forgot, I forgot that you, line. I forgot that that animal you had was Ben Renick line. Both of them are. The purple that produced for me uh, a couple years ago and this year are Renick line. Nice. Who'd you awesome. get that from, Eric? Maybe. Uh, Eric back in the day, and then the Annery came from Richard Bilbo. Okay. It's it's funny because to us three, and I'm just listening to us talking, we're able to like guess the people right, and we're guessing it right, and we're guessing the locality and stuff. For people who like are just getting into us and listening to us talk, they're like, "What the hell are these guys?" <laughs> Even like how are they? That's what I was saying. I've been around each other sentences. Much inside baseball. <laughs> I've been around from the right. beginning, so. I know where stuff went and who had right. things, so that that's why. And I, I followed right. most localities before it was a thing. Like, I didn't own them all, but I was just... Yeah. There's key animals I remember from history, I guess. 
and where they were from. I know where most mutations are from, just because I was the, around to see when the, they were first caught. Mm -hmm. But most people don't care about that stuff. People are starting to care a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean now it's it's a it's a thing. Now that you, you know, can't get anything. Right yeah. now that <laughs> right now that you can't get it right. I mean, if everyone was into it when we could get shit we would have so much more diversification in captivity you know than we do now now we're kind of bottlenecked for most localities well so, there was somebody that preached that a lot and nobody listened till now <laughs> you probably know what i'm talking about yeah I know exactly. Contra controversial guy yeah yeah he did uh he did a lot of that importing stuff and and um he this individual loves to post uh, posts from back in 2012 when he was preaching this stuff, and he shares it. Like they pop up on his timeline. He's like, "Told yeah. you, fuckers." Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what? You know, clearly the bonehead white about ghosts is something that you love. Um, what is it that you hope to like continue to do and push ghosts into? I know that you mentioned Superdorf, but like, what are some crazy ideas with go? If you're willing to share that. I can share because I have most of the stuff made. <laughs> uh, so I think Annery will help it. Okay. So I have double hats with other codoms in Ghost Annery. Uh, You're making me kind of glad that I didn't get that ghost from you recently. If you got that in the works. <laughs> oh, you need that snake because uh, I don't. But <laughs> I have too many snakes and I need space. But uh, anyway... I think Annery can help keep it white. Um, I made motley hats that I don't know why, but nobody really gave a fuck. But I think the motley is going to really keep them white. Because, I mean, it makes yellow albinos white. Like right. the orange, orange glow motley, purple motley, all that stuff stays white or gets white as if it you, ages. If, if you look at an Annery Motley, that head is almost bone color. I have one in my garage right now. She's an Annery Motley, and her head is just, like, astronomically just, like, completely, like, yeah, so bone it's gonna, white. it's going to be great with ghosts, and right. I don't know why people didn't see that or see the value in it, and I guess they will when I make a visual one. And Motley's but, sexy. I don't know why a lot of people hate on Motley. They're nice. I, I really They're don't clean. like Motley. <laughs> I, I don't either. I like but, but every gene it does clean everything up. Like I'll, I'll say, that, but yeah. every gene has its its place to shine. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether right. you like it or not, there's a lot of genes I don't like that people love. I just don't, they don't do anything for me. But Motley is gonna be very good. Like the original Orange Glow Motleys were awesome as babies. But then they they stayed awesome. They just changed. So just seeing what that did to Clark phase and Orange Glow and all that stuff, it's, it's a no-brainer to, to, to put it in Ghost. Right. <clears throat> so, I mean, I have it in Double Head Ghost Annery. But uh, <laughs> I, well, I want to... Nice. There's even That's those nice. genes that you, you fall in love with early on that you realize later on after running some projects that... You, you know yeah. don't serve you as well like tiger like i love my yeah. tiger stuff but it's yeah i love tiger. very specific just, what i'll ever run to it i love tiger i just can't have it in my ghost stock right yeah, exactly uh so motley's gonna be good annery's gonna be good i think uh i have a platinum ghost 
GS that I'm waiting for her to go to put an ocelot to. Ooh. I was, it, I was just thinking that I was going to ask you if you think I was like everyone and their mom right now wants to get ocelot into everything. But if we're talking about a truly silver snake, like I feel like ocelot's a no-brainer there. But the issue with ocelot, and I'm sure that you've already had some forethought with this, is their heads are yeah. remarkably yellow. <laughs> Most. <laughs> Mine's not. No? Okay, cool. No. So I, I tried to pick one. So there was debate for years if Annery is in Ocelot. Aubrey's working on and that he, theory. He's kind that of proved, pretty promising. He's kind of proved that it, it is. So I have an animal from that line, I guess. They're Me all too. from the same line, but they've been split up now. There, there was one male that that is responsible for that Everything that we have here is from one clutch. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's from the original male that produced mm -hmm. the clutch, and we got those hats in. Yeah, so those were bred to a orange glow hat white. So we got those in, and everybody wants to call them different things, which, whatever. (laughs) But it turns out that there's probably anery in it, too. So mine is either an anery ocelot or a head anery. Uh, but it it has one of the least amount of yellow heads. But the, that wasn't even my point of getting the ocelot was to breed to ghost. But I wanted to breed to genetic stripe. Whoa! That that was my what I wanted to do with it. I feel like you could create a silver snake that has like a black tri stripe, that has like yeah. A, so anyways, so genetic stripe was like my original thing. Bread and butter. So, they have the same kind of color palette. Like, like the ocelots are very silver and blue. Like, they fire up blue, which are genetic stripes are blue on the sides when they fire up. I'm still looking to get a genetic stripe, but I haven't found the perfect blue one. They don't, they're not always blue. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> not easy. To, yeah, it's but, not easy to find. <clears throat> but that's what I wanted to do, and then I was like, well... The original female I intended to do didn't work out, so I was like, I'll just breed it to the ghost GS I have that's platy and do it that, like, all in one shot. Because I think the male ocelot I have is probably the best one to go with a ghost. There's There was somebody that bred an ocelot to a ghost, but I think they used two males. So... They say they're dope, they're hats, but are they? You know, some might. Right. It, I, it was a split clutch, I believe. Right. So. So let me ask you this. Um, you just send us some pictures on Messenger. Um, I want to roll some of them. Uh, you have access to your phone or is that your phone recording? No, I have my phone here. Okay. Um. So, in that first group of picture, um, I, this is just kind of a teaser for those of you that are watching uh, to be able to see what these animals look like and how incredible they are and why we're even highlighting ghosts. They're just amazing animals. And for those of you that are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go on YouTube and subscribe and hit the notification bell um, so that you get to see the visuals that we're, we're showing on here. But that very first picture that you send, it looks like a genetic stripe um, that has its head tucked away. Mm-hmm. What What's the full genes on that one? 
That one's the first Platinum Ghost GS. And who produced that? I did. Okay, cool. When? Uh, I'm bad with dates. <laughs> She's probably four, about four. Okay. Oh, nice. Um, so, I have a male that I didn't send you a picture of, but it's a Sunstripe GS. Come on. Or Sun Ghost GS. Send it. So this, I told this... you I have like 35,000 pictures. I got to <laughs> dig. So this, <laughs> this, this animal right here, what I love about it is like that, that middle stripe that it has, you can definitely tell where that platinum is shining through, right? You can see that crazy yellow that comes through, but then everything else oh. is just shut down to that bone color. How's the head on that one? So it's it's faintly yellow, and it's fading. So when you hatch ghosts, you, you can kind of tell. A lot of them will have some yellow in the head, and they'll either gain it or lose it. And you can kind of tell when you're looking at them what's going to do what. Like another picture I sent you of the original Ghost GS from Ben. That, that thing is bone here. white, but I, I have to look. When that thing was probably two years old or something, it had a yellowish head. And they, they fade as they age. Yeah, kind of like the same I was talking about with Amel. Mm-hmm. You just, it starts to get better as it ages. It ages like fine wine, right? But some of them do hatch white and stay white. That's ideal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let me ask you this. You have a picture of a younger one that's on Aspen. Is that the one that's available? No, that's not available. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's the best one ever. That one's like the wild caught male as far as quality. I like that open back stripe that it has, just kind of almost all the way through connecting down to the base of the tail. Yeah, the the original one was striped pretty much all the way. Damn. Um and then there's the one with the black background. Yeah, that was a bigger female I had that was posset striped that didn't prove out. But she was nice, had a nice head. That That's the one I made. I bred a Motley Golden Sun to her to, okay. get, the, to get the Motley in. Awesome. Um, I just got to I got to try not to use the same snake every time. So I, stuff's not related. Yeah, exactly. You need to diversify as much as you can. I got a text from Nathan, by the way, just to give you and our listeners a heads up. For those of you that don't know, Nathan has had some back surgery before, but he's like, yo, I'm getting nerve pain from sitting down, so I'm going to go stretch real quick. So oh. Nathan's going to be back in just a minute. Get him an inversion uh, chair. Right, dude, I need one of those, He can man. be like a bat. He just hang upside down on video. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll dangle a superdorf on top of him and see yeah. what he goes after. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, some of these animals are absolutely just phenomenal. And, I mean, I know that we've talked a while, and uh, I'll have you hang on afterwards when we're done with this because I do want to talk a little bit of – some some ghost ideas that you have because um, you've also made ghost pos head anthrax. I made those from double heads, so double head ghost anthrax to double head. Okay, so basically, so the, I made the, anthrax the visual... and ghost sixty six percent pos head the other one. Okay, so I like that. Um, I just picked up a fifty percent super dwarf granite back female. Hmm. So, that that male ghost sixty six percent anthrax that you got, that's looking really attractive right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need that, and he'll breed too. And I, I pretty much guarantee you he'll prove anthrax. 
We'll, we'll He's got silver gray eyes and a broken up pattern, kind of. Ghost is pretty much a striped snake, like, in its original form. So. All right. What, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to post the picture of the animal that Travis is trying to get me, who has tried to get me to buy for a while. And I'm going to post it on here right now. You guys should be able to see it. And you guys drop in the comments below, should I pull the trigger on this animal? Um, obviously, I feel like it's a no-brainer, but... Uh, that that know, male was white as snow when it, when it hatched. That's okay. why I kept... Nathan, we, Nathan, we called you out. We talked about your stretching I, I, no, and your I, nerve pain. I, I heard the whole thing. Okay, yeah, great. You got great. me a bat. <laughs> Retakes like bats, so there you go. You need to get you an inversion <laughs> chair. Yeah. Get 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 you bit in the face. <laughs> if we get five, if we if we get five new Patreon members, we will use the Patreon funds for the month of May to go towards an inversion chair for Nathan. Oh, I, I will not use that chair. No. Come on. No. Um. Yeah. So now we we were talking about how um, now that I got this fifty percent Superdorf granite back, um, you know that male ghost that he has that sixty six percent anthrax. Yeah. Man. You're killing me, Smalls. It'll um, prove. <laughs> you said he'll prove? Yep. I'd sell it as a 100% hit if it, was, if it <laughs> if wasn't frowned upon. Right, if it was statistically <laughs> speaking. Yeah. But, um, so. Um, I'm really good see at picking hats of all types. <laughs> I feel like anthrax, especially, is just a little bit easier than anything to spot, too. Yeah. Especially, so, like, I don't know if you heard this part that Travis was saying, Nathan, but he was talking about how, you know, ghosts generally is pretty striped down for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, and this male, I can't even find the picture. So, Travis, you're going to need to send me an updated pic. Um, right but, now? No, not right now. Oh. But, but you know, if if I'm really considering this. But anyways... Um, cause I mean, I think that would be dope to be able to make first generation 25% super dwarf anthrax, hundred percent head ghost. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Who would buy that clutch? I feel like a lot of people would, even though it's only 25%, but at least it's a start, right? Yeah. Um, okay. Talking about ghosts again. Um, any ghost pairings that you have going on this year? I have one right now going on. It's a platinum motley double hat ghost annery to a marble double hat ghost GS pos hat annery. Okay. So we're possibly best case scenario is we're talking about a platinum Platinum marble 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 annery ghost. Yeah, but I'm not holding my breath on the annery. Holy She's, she's a quarter I mean, she's a quarter Kalatoa. And the male is like is a quarter jam. Okay. But I just want to see the motley. So stuff. twelve. Go ahead. Yeah. And I feel like Motley I feel like even with Motley, with how strong that feature it is, I'm wondering if you could even take a Motley tiger into ghosts and see if that motley wins over because polygenics and breeding for specific traits it's it's really a war on which one is stronger and i wonder which one would win that battle so my my thoughts are 
the, the Tiger Ghost is no good, but they've been made, so people have them. So I think Motley can fix it cool. if, in your Motley Tiger scenario. Right. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna breed the Tiger Ghost stuff, that Motley Tiger Ghost it's should, like it's should needed. keep it wider. Yeah. You'll still have other stuff that's not Motley, I guess, but. I got something else I didn't ever share about the ghost stuff. What's that? If you want to go back to that, we can. I, just thought, I I was gonna do a write up on it, but I haven't ever. I don't know if I'll ever get time to. So, retick ex- lounge exclusive. <laughs> exclusive. Yeah, back it up. Here we go again. Uh, so, I think the gene was named correctly, meaning I don't think it's an albino. So if you're thinking ball pythons, you think hypo and ghost. So it's not really an albino. Because I, I asked Ben that. I was like, does it have albino eyes? Like, they don't have red eye, like red pupils. Even even like if you shine in like an orange glow or something's eye, you can get like a reddish. So I bred it to hypo. Because I was like, oh, this could possibly make like a blue snake. And it didn't work. So so, there, so you bred a visual to a visual, visual, and it didn't prove to be allelic? I bred het to het, but they're proven hets. Okay. And so it, it's not you, You're allelic. 100% sure the hypo was a proven het. Yes. Because I, I can't tell you how many... I've been on the hunt for a hypo for a while. I can't tell you how many people try to tell me that a visual isn't a visual. Hypo's pretty complex. So I, I have... Visual, I had a visual hypo. You did. You sold it. I traded it. Or traded it. I'm, I'm sad. But I also that. have hets, too. I don't know how you could mistake a visual hypo and a het hypo. Uh, no, I, I you you can't, which is why people trying to sell me a het as a visual, I laughed at them. I was like, okay, I understand. Oh, you yeah. probably haven't heard of me, but get the hell out of here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, but yeah. I bred a het hypo to a het ghost just to see because I didn't want to waste a visual ghost or a visual hypo in, in breeding like that. Because basically ghost doesn't work with any albinos. Because mm-hmm. ben, ben bred it to an amel, didn't work, which means it won't work with blonde. Sal and I bred it to Clark, which means it won't work with caramel or mocha either because that's all the same allele so i was like well i I just gotta see somebody's gotta do these things to further information i guess so it was like 34 eggs so heck to heck let's pretend it was allelic i should have got one or a couple and i got nothing so let me ask you this it's not allelic with hypo either as far as Let I'm me concerned. ask you this. Both proven hats on that single pairing, is that enough for you to feel 100% confident about that? I'm pretty confident. Okay, cool. Like, like you can put your head at night knowing they're not a Yeah. Because that was a big thing. That was something that we were talking about like two years ago. Yeah, like 34 eggs to not get a one in four. Right. You know? Yeah. I'd to miss on every one. I mean, that's, it's can possible, I, but it's pretty far out there to not hit it. Can I also be 
like quite like my opinion on this hypo and blue hypo versus like if you look at ghosts, ghosts I think is a true example of what a hypo melanistic animal is, right? I feel like if you look at hypo and blue hypo, I don't think that that's like I don't I don't just the amount of color spectrum that hypo has. But hypo is just reduction of black. That's, and that's the definition, basically. So yeah, no, that's what. There's no black on a blue hypo at all. So you don't think that that dark blue is on that black color spectrum? Like they fire up really blue, but when they're not fired up, it's like a like a dark root beer color in person. It's it doesn't go okay. it doesn't go black completely. Maybe a. Maybe an art major can comment in on whether that that color that you see on hypo, if that is part of the black color spectrum, um, like literally. I don't um, think anything's black other than black, because like even like a motley golden is not black. No, it looks black, but it's brown. Because if it was black and you made an albino one, it'd be all purple. That was the theory long time ago to try to do that. Right. So if, there is no true black retic, even though. Even that dark knight that Sal made, mm-hmm. I pretty much guarantee if you made that in a purple, it wouldn't be purple. Yeah. It might have a purple tail, like some of those purple tail goldens. Where but I haven't even seen those before. Nathan, have you? Those that was quite a few years ago. There was some dark purple golden child stuff that the whole tail was purple. Not the not the golden child, but uh the the motley golden the dark knight okay the dark knight is like four or five genes i believe is is anthrax in there as well i can't remember but it probably is or should be <laughs> i don't know why but i feel like i haven't seen a lot of but even that animal that's blacker than a motley golden like it's got a black head and everything there is no true black retic but anyway point Point being, there's there's no black on a hypo. Okay, so um, definitely would be under that category of hypobalanistic. But I mean, it's an interesting concept. I mean, I thought that I, whoever came up with that, and then the fact that you went out to try to prove it, I think that was a huge pairing. I mean, it honestly, another it, it was also a letdown in the sense of like what could possibly be. Yeah, but if nobody um, tries these things, nobody learns anything. Right, exactly. So I, th- I, was, I think it was a necessary evil, like a necessary plan, uh, pairing yeah. that needed to happen for the industry. Well, like all the other pairings in the past that don't work, you can call them a waste too, but we had to do them. Right. Like I, right. Bred, I bred ghost to albino, so did Sal, and Ben bred it to email, just to see if any of those albinos nothing. were elite. elite no, nothing. No blonde, no and no caramel. No, nobody's mo- tried blonde caramel or mocha, but since at this caramel, point I, we got to be pretty sure. Well, that caramel works. and mocha is the same allele as Clark, so it's all yeah. it's all the same gene, kind, exactly. kind of, and so is blonde and amel. So if it didn't work with the counterparts of those, it shouldn't work with any of them. Yeah, that makes sense. That's that's at least my theory or whatever. But anyway, I wanted to announce that yeah, it doesn't yeah. work with hypo either. No, I'm no, glad it's, that, I'm it's glad its that own you gene and its own gene alone. You can make double hats of all that stuff. Like you can make 
I don't know why you'd want to make a purple ghost. It probably couldn't tell anything. But, like, you could make a hypo ghost, and it might, it'd probably look like a blue snake. Yeah, probably. That's my cool. the, that was my theory. Yeah, but th I thought it might be a Lelic. Are you cause... gonna Are you gonna keep pursuing it? No, I got, I have too many retakes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to make double... to make, and everything I do is recessive and double het, so I have to have a male and a female for everything. So, and that's a ten year project. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a long time. Any last statements that you want to talk about, Ghost? In in um. You, know, you, didn't, you didn't ask me about their size. Oh, uh, damn. That's true, actually. Good genetically, point. they're big. I was, I, that was another thing I was going to say back when I, I heard about their temper, is I also heard they're larger animals. Yeah, they're, they're, a, they're a big gene. I don't really have experience with them being mean, other than the wild caught. But mm -hmm. uh, in, the, in the first hets were bad. But uh, yeah, they're a big gene. Like they're they're a twenty foot gene. Uh, even the so the the ghost GS the original one I I had it it was it got to she was seventeen foot or so. Damn. Be, being a that's a fifty percent original strike blood. So it's it's a big gene that like they're totally capable of twenty foot, twenty one foot, uh, big long head, <clears throat> which I like. I have I have one that I'm gonna try to make over twenty feet, just because that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, I, and by the time it got that big, that thing would be completely bone white, dude. Well, that bone white baby one that you have a picture <clears throat> of. Yep. I sent you a picture of her too. That's the same snake in the six thirty two. But that snake is going to be big. Awesome. So I'm going to try to get that one to 20 feet if I can. Her her mom's 19, so I don't see why she can't. Any other uh, species that you're working with outside of just the retics and the ball pythons? Like just oh, and the, the projects and the, you're excited about. And the jungle carpets, you said. How are the jungle carpets? They're cool. <laughs> I have like a trophy pair that I breed it like every year. I just don't like dealing with those customers because they all want 700 picks of each parent as they grew up and all this stuff. And, <laughs> and then they don't buy them. So it's, <laughs> I, I usually sell them to other people like or wholesale the clutch to people that want to do the work as far as dealing with the customers. Cause it, it's a trophy bloodline, and they all stay, like, yellow jacket, bright, black and yellow. But people still don't believe you, I guess, because all, all the babies hatch ugly. <clears throat> and then they gain yellow as they age. So, but, yeah, my my uh, jungle female's big. She's, like, eight feet. Oh, damn. Yeah, like, almost as big as your wrist. Wow. Gosh, and I bet with that head, I bet those teeth are... I would not want to get bit by mm -hmm. that girl. Yeah, so I... Uh, jungle carpets I had, too, a long time ago, and those things were evil. Like, <laughs> after I got bit, like, I legit got bit probably a hundred times by one of them, and I was just like, hell with these things, they suck, they're Satan spawn. So, but I got some later on that they're all pretty cool. 
My wife doesn't like them because they're they're kind of jumpy because they're arboreal. Right. But but a lot of times they like they bluff. Right. I feel like that Morelia, just the Morelia group in general, with asking for lineage and grandparents and great grandparents, and which is it's it's, it's 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 an amazing thing that I wish we had in retics. But at the same time, I've never heard that perspective from a seller that it could be kind of a pain. But now that I'm thinking about it, like absolutely, like if you don't have that stuff perfectly organized, like and even then, you know, you still spend five ten minutes like sending pics, information pics, in, like of each generation. It's not and, five or ten minutes. And then it's they're like, like it's like <laughs> days of <laughs> questions and pictures and they want this and that and then then they fall off the earth or have to ask their wife and then <laughs> Yeah. Or, or they're waiting on their taxes that never come. Right, they're like, I'm waiting on my taxes. It's Which, like October. I'm, it's this like, all yo, sounds a- bad, but but <laughs> I really do I like and I'm willing to help anyone that's a legit customer, but I, I'm a very busy guy, so it gets very frustrating when people are tire kicking. I understand. You know, and, and not everyone's going to buy every animal. Not every animal's right for each person. I get that. I'm I'm a very picky uh, buyer too, but it's just like some of the times it's like, come on, man. <laughs> I, I try to be transparent as a buyer if I'm just window shopping and just trying to get an idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of people have been more receptive to me asking questions ever since I spent money on an ocelot. <laughs> They're like, okay, this dude, this dude's got an ocelot, so he he'll, he's more likely to buy a two thousand dollars snake. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I don't mind helping um, anyone, and I have lineage on most of my retics because I called genetic stripes dwarf back in the day because a lot of people did. And then, so I kept, I kept percentages on all of my stock because there was such a problem and mystery behind making velvets. Oh yeah. Velvets were very difficult to make and they still are difficult to make. And it just understanding that whole relationship was, it was fucked up basically the way, (laughs) it's the only way I could say it. It like you could breed a hat. A tiger hat stripe to a stripe or hat stripe, and like someone you'd never make a velvet, or you it'd take like a hundred eggs, and to get a velvet. Which For those of you that don't know what a velvet is, it's a tiger genetic stripe, right? And it, and it's a silky smooth, flawless striped out animal. Yeah. So Gavin named them velvets. He made the first ones, but there was not a lot of tracing or being able to go back on what was bred to what and what lineage and so it took a long time to try to figure it out because it doesn't work right like you should make 50% because tiger's in there but it doesn't like you'll make all tiger hats and all stripes they won't but then they won't mix really so anyway my long story short my findings were that the closer to original GS blood that you used helped. And then once you make a velvet, it'll breed like it's supposed to. So I like like that theory. So Tim O'Reilly and I talked actually, and he talked to a geneticist about it because none of it made any sense. 
And there's a lot more we don't know about genetics. Like, none of us are geneticists, but no. basically it was explained that each gene is, it has, like, however many proteins with it. So... It's funny that you mentioned this because it's last hilarious. night on yeah last night on our Discord live we had a, a genetics nerd Christina Hill, she we were talking about Andri and the Andri complex and she's a um, she has a background in in genetics and biology and she was she just went off eloquently on like how we don't know shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> we don't. But <laughs> I'll, I'll try to. S- it's been a long time since I've explained it, so let me try to explain it. But you can tell me if any of this makes sense. Or... So before before you explain it, after you explain it, I do want to go back and get back to the root question that that Nathan asked about any oh. other cool species that you keep because oh, that sorry. was in the that was in the back of my mind. I was <laughs> like, no, I'm curious about that too. Okay, so basically, each gene has it's. They're all. I look at DNA like a ladder, not all twisted up. But if you, if you make it look like a ladder, each gene has, like, two spots. Like, and we call it, like, the alleles and all that. So, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, each gene, each gene has a certain number of proteins. Genes it, have yeah, ladders. Yeah. And so, to make them stick together, it was explained that you need a certain amount of proteins on each side of each genetic so let's say tiger and genetic stripe just don't have enough to stick and combine. And every once in a while it works. Like there's enough of whatever protein is needed for those two genes to stick. And like that's why it's so hard to make them or something. But once you do, it's present. They're, they're forward. So... Tiger and GS just don't like to combine because something with the proteins or something. I'd have to. <laughs> I, I think I'm you're sounding on, stupid I mean, right now. No, but. no, no. You're you're not. I mean, protein had a lot to do with it. Um, I'm sure. Um, and as a matter of fact, I'm even gonna like, like right when when we get off, I'm gonna text Christina Hill and I'll let her know to watch out for this episode. Uh, I would love for her to give an explanation um, on on just building on that thought, and I could send that to you, or I could connect you to. Um, she probably has some decent answers with that, but um, yeah, we, like not not every gene likes to stack. No, not at all. And, and I mean, this is one rare instance that they they you can think of it like they repel each other. Oh, oh interesting. Like they just they don't want to combine. Right, it's like you've got to keep trying. You... That's why you'll make. It'll just boing, and you'll make all tiger heads and all stripes, but none of the combo. They mm-hmm. just, they just, they don't stick. That's got to be a really just like ego defeating combination. Yeah. To so work anyway, with. I, the point of that was that I kept and tracked the percentage of my original GS blood back to Bob, and I I labeled them as dwarf in the beginning because a lot of people did that. But I, ch- I, re- I changed a lot of times, not so much lately, but I used to give out a, a genetic paperwork with every animal I sold. And I would put on there like 56, whatever percent, 62 and a half percent, whatever original GS blood, if you're buying genetic stripe stuff for me. Because I have it tracked and I know what each of my animals are. <clears throat> and the only reason I tracked it was the whole 
trying to figure out the velvet stuff. Okay, interesting. Um, all right, so, which, by the way, I feel like not a lot of people are doing that, which is pretty cool that you even have that information. But um, so you have ja- or you have, uh, you have some carpets. You have uh, your wife has crested geckos. Yeah. Um, you have retics and ball pythons. Anything cool that you're working with? And, <laughs> that and that those, made that that made it seem like none of that's jeans, cool. <laughs> no, no, no. I, just I like a, any other I animals. have a uh, like even caramel berm. Oh, cool. And then some like really red jungle car- or uh, Brazilian rainbow boas. Uh, yeah, lots of ball pythons. I've had ball pythons when I liked them when they were junk. Nobody liked them. And I just look at them in encyclopedias in like elementary school, because like that was a snake that I, I thought was cool looking that I could keep that didn't break the house rules of length. So, but th- there used to be stories of six foot ball pythons all the time, which nobody's ever seen one hardly. But like those four, like those four or five thousand gram females. Yeah. Right. But <laughs> I cut hair, and I heard a story today of I, a ball python outgrowing someone. So I thought that was hilarious. I love it. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to get one of those burn balls. Yeah, Dude, they they look pretty cool. Nice. I was I used to be very very heavily against the the hybridization of of things, but I mean, as as I continue to just focus on retics alone, and I start to see the, you know, the Timor retics and and you know, hey, you could buy one of those, Lucas. Uh, I've talked to him. They're too much money for a hybrid. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's zero market for it. So not they they are expensive, but Timor yeah, they're is expensive. expensive anyway. Yeah, to each their own. Because to make a hybrid is not easy. So I'm not saying it's overpriced. Um, I'm just saying for for me and what I'm doing to buy a hybrid for that much money is just not a my. If you're buying a hybrid, it's it's for a pet because you like it. Right. And like I, I love I'd love to have a jungle retic. Or a, a berm ball. I had a bad eater, and I don't know. I was just like, why do I have this thing? Like, they're cool looking, and then I got it, and I was just like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> and the, the thing was creepy. It would hunt me. Like, it, it, as soon as you turn around, it's like staring at you, trying to kill you. Um, one of was, the one of the things that I'm interested in trying to get is uh, getting a prog shy berm. And trying to hit that with the Superdorf. Yeah, I'm sure a I lot mean, of people they're, are they're a be legit, trying that, but they're a legit dwarf. But I heard they're like spastic. Like, I mean, I, I feel like that's like they're spastic and bite and just like a terrible captive. <laughs> from from what I've heard, I've never had one, but. Uh, we got a buddy who just recently got a hatchling from some of the recent clutches last year, and he says that she's fairly decent to work with. Um, well, I, good. I hope it's just the w- original wild-caught stuff like retics right. were. Retics were always nasty, ill-tempered snakes, they said, but people didn't understand the feeding response. So most of them aren't mean. It's just they want to eat. Their initial thought is to eat. Right. Yeah, um, give them give them a f- five minute break and just give them that stare down session, and usually they'll break out of it. I have a blonde tiger that's like, she's super tame, but it takes like like you said like five minutes. 
to break her feed response. That's how my turnate one of my turnate females is. It's insane. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta. Like she'll you know, bite herself and roll up in a ball and all kinds of <laughs> shit. Don't like as soon as you touch her, she flinches and jerks and she's nutty. But like as soon as she realizes it's not food, then like you can hold her like anything else. She, she's totally tame. She's just I guess stupid. I don't know. But <laughs> that, no, seriously. I mean, people ask me. Um, I, I reference this term and I say. Uh, you know, for people at work and people who don't work with snakes, I'll sometimes say, yeah, I jab my snakes. And it's like, what do you mean you jab them? Like, yeah, I jab them in the face. And I, I coined that after that turnate female because literally the only way I get her sometimes to turn her food response is if I'm taking that, that hook just like doom, doom, just like right in her, like to get her to finally stop. I'm not like bashing her face with the hook, I don't, mm-hmm. just to be very clear. But it's got to be like, you know how people are like, you know, tap training, turn off feed response, you just tap them with the hook. No, this one I need to literally touch her face like five times, just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> like I need I, to get I her. I rub all, I rub the hook all over their body and stuff. Right. Too, but right. I um, got a couple of retics that you could get with no hook. Uh, I have a couple. Yeah, me too. Some some of the younger ones I've been working a lot with it to get to that point. Um, also, one of my, I've, I've raised some retics though that were tame. Like puppy dog tame, and then till they got like to two years old or three, and then they then they went psycho. So then they're like, "We don't need you anymore." Yeah, they're like, "Feed me <laughs> so I can make follicles." Right. <laughs> Let me ask you this: You have one child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, How old? He, he just turned two. Oh, oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah my daughter cute. just turned two in January. He's super cute and really good and always slept through the night and all that. He's like, that's why I'm scared to have another one. Because <laughs> the, the next one will be Satan. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's exactly how my daughter is. She's sweet. She's nice. She sleeps through the night. He's always happy. He doesn't, you know, loud right. noise don't bother him. He next one's going to be evil. Yeah, that's why I was like, I don't know if I want to push my luck. How is he with the reptiles? He get excited? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Dad, downstairs, snake. snake. And he just, right, and he just snake. Go we'll see snake. snake, dude. And it's like, that, no, no, I have to go down there and clean. That's awesome. I love hearing that. You know, yeah. you're so, like literally, my daughter does the same exact thing. Yeah. Da- downstairs, snake. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. Hurry up and get bigger, but I don't want him to hurry up because he's cute. But then you can clean the snakes. <laughs> so I actually, I actually saw this life hack. So if you have a child and there's like a certain age before, but you can make them an employee of an actual like LLC, but that money before that they're uh, before they're eligible to actually make an income, you can put away what you're paying them in mm-hmm. like a in in the bank or in some type of retirement fund or whatever the case may be, or not retirement fund, but like something for it to build interest um what like write it off well number one you get to write off and number two you get to put money for your kid aside that gets to build interest yeah. when your kid is like five years old <laughs> and just can, keep can doing you do that, that if, if they're not helping though you know um so i mean you define man you want to get into the business aspect of what a write-off is <laughs> I got 20 heads of cattle that died this year <laughs> from heat exhaustion. Right. <laughs> oh, Not. 
Um, yeah, but yeah, you can you can also if you do all that in your house, like a portion of your house, you can count. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so stuff. I I broke it down to square footage. So I got yeah. a two th- I got a two thousand square foot house. My garage is four hundred square feet. So I take that percentage. I write it off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you can know. do all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Business is uh, it's interesting how it works. And if you you do a little bit of research and you learn how these you know rich ass you know top one percent people write everything freaking off, you can you can actually the, learn a lot. The loopholes are there, and they use them. Right. That's why they hire all these fancy people to find all these loopholes so they don't have to pay. Right. And it's like, uh, I don't know if you blame them or not. The loopholes are there. Who's... You know? I mean, if, if they're there, it's legal. Yeah. People, all well, they should pay their fair share, which, I mean, they should, but they're legally getting away with it. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if someone has the ability to... Uh... Profit if, you, more. if you don't like it, change the law. Right. You know? Right. Totally agree. Um, Nathan, you got anything else before we sign off? No, not much here. Just thank you for spending your night with us, Travis. I really appreciate it. It nope, was good. No meeting. problem anytime. Uh, Travis, where can people find you? Social media. Uh, I have a Warren Reptiles Facebook page and then Warren Reptiles on Morph Market. Uh, we have an Instagram too, but a lot of that's updated by my wife. So you'll get more gecko stuff than, <laughs> than snakes, but morph market is usually where I put stuff or just like on the retic pages, I'll, I'll say like usually what I'm breeding or if I have eggs or something. And then a lot of times people will contact me if they're looking for stuff, but you can just contact me directly on Facebook too, on my personal page. Okay. If cool. they're looking for anything, but yeah. Like Nathan said, appreciate you coming on. For those of you that have stuck out to the end, you definitely got a lot of gold information and uh, some new findings um, here at the end. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment. Uh, give us a um, – go check out our Patreon. See what it's about. We have a great Discord channel. And, again, for those of you that are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we really appreciate you. And, again, to our sponsors, thank you so much. Everyone, have a good night, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this. Take it easy. <laughs>